Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is 1 Peter chapter 2. Here again the part that reads, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. You were strained like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd of the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. You may be seated. Today again, our Lord shepherds our souls. We are exiles, and yet the Lord has not left us alone. He is our good shepherd. He oversees us even when we have been wronged. Here, Peter encourages us. He has us consider what to do when you have been wronged by putting before us the life, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter writes, as he expounds in Isaiah 53, when they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. That doesn't work very well, does it, all the time? We'd like to get back, wouldn't we? Hopefully they learn a lesson or two. And then Peter goes on. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In other words, there is always one that is greater than the person who wronged us. There is always one greater than the ones who cause us suffering. He cares for you. He cares for you more than anyone ever could, for he has not left us alone. For Peter reminds us he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we are healed. How could we be healed by his wounds? What does that mean? Well, there was a TV series, a takeoff on the movie Little Women, one of his sisters is running a farm with her husband, and they take on troubled boys. One of the boys is caught lying. The couple, acting as their mother and father, decide that the boy needs to be duly punished. There was another boy along with him, but he stays outside and hides underneath the window, just peeking above it to see what's going to happen to the boy who lied. The husband is going to teach the boy a lesson. He goes over to the drawer, and the boy remembers what's in the drawer. It's the ruler. And he knows the ruler's going to hurt. The husband comes over and taps his hand with the ruler, and the boy cringes. Boy, take this ruler and I want you to hit my hand as hard as you can. I need to be punished for not teaching you how to be honest. And the boy trembles in fear and yet the husband demands it. It's not right, the boy thinks. I should be punished. By his wounds, we are healed. For Jesus not only takes our punishment for the wrongs that we've done, 
but also the wrongs that others have done to us. For Jesus died for all sins, including those who wrongfully and unjustly punish us. Jesus takes the power out of revenge, for revenge dies there on the cross with Jesus. Realizing this, we should be able to bear up under those who treat us wrongly, even if that person is one of our parents, our children, our employer. So rather than rather than living from revenge, we live Jesus, for he is with us. The death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ enables us to live for righteousness. At a meeting some time ago, I had a disagreement with a fellow pastor, a brother in Christ, for he spoke publicly about something we had privately disagreed about the next time I, he was going to speak in public, I was going to question him in public. The last morning we were together, I was walking and planning my strategy, deciding what to say and how I was going to say it. And then I realized that I wanted to get back at him. I wanted to take revenge. So I repented and sought to speak privately with him first. But you know, I don't always. I don't always catch myself. And I'm assuming that most of you do not as well. There's this challenge that's before us today, not to live out of revenge, but to live out of the righteousness of our Lord. For he he is our righteousness. He is the only one who is righteous, and He gives that righteousness to each and every one of us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous one, today is our good shepherd that leads our souls in paths of righteousness. Even though we are exiles, He is still with us. You know, in the 23rd Psalm, we say over and over again, the Lord is my shepherd, right? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, sometimes that rod and that staff is so far away from the sheep that you can't even see the shepherd. How do you know that the shepherd is there? Ah, you see the rod and the staff. Today we don't see Jesus, do we? See a cross before us? See the bread and the wine? We hear words. Yes, the word and the sacrament are the things that we see. And when we see and hear them, we know that our shepherd is there. He leads us by word and sacrament. Why is there Holy Communion? It is there, again, that Jesus delivers his righteousness. He gives the forgiveness of sins. For we hear the words of Jesus concerning the bread, this is my body which is given for you. His body. The body of Jesus for you. And we hear his words concerning the wine, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Jesus. And where the blood of Jesus is, he is there. The blood and the body of Jesus that suffered all the injustice is given to us. 
Therefore, in communion, you are not only joined with Jesus, who bears your sin and forgives it, but he bears the sin of each and every person that is around you and communes with you. They are forgiven. They have the righteousness of Jesus just as you do. For Jesus is not only with you as individuals, but with us as a group. But as you know, not everyone communes those who are not yet confirmed, but only baptized. Christ has not left them out either. Through the voice of the gospel, through the voice of the shepherd, we hear Jesus, the good shepherd, who died not only for those who commune, not only those for who, who are baptized, but for all people, for all sins, for by the wounds of Jesus, all are announced healed. Therefore, you do not have to live the way people treat you or have treated you in the past. We don't live for revenge. We live for and by Jesus. You and I now live by faith. We live out Christ's righteousness, doing good as he did, even suffering for doing good as he did. For he is not only our example, but he is our example who is also our Savior and our Shepherd. He has not left us alone. You and I have been baptized into Christ Jesus. So as we read in Romans 6, we are baptized into Christ's death. We read, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We look forward to that in heaven. We look forward to that in the new heavens and the new earth. But that we may live a new life starts now. To live our lives not on the way, or not on the basis of the way people treat us or have treated us in the past, but on the basis of our Lord Jesus Christ. We live now by faith dead to sin and alive to righteousness, for he has not left us alone. Forgiveness, proclaimed after your confession, announces that you are once again right with God. Baptism announces that you are indeed a child of God, one of his sheep, not only with sin washed away, but now in new life. Holy Communion announces that you not only commune with Christ, but you commune with fellow sinners forgiven and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Each gift, a greater gift, a greater gift for us each to desire, to learn more about, to seek instruction about, so that we may learn. Learn what? This morning I'd have you open up your hymnal to page 330. It is good always to examine ourselves in, in different ways. The communion card that's in front of you, going back to your catechism, such as the Christian questions and answers here on page 330, question number 18. Question number 18 on page 330 reads, Finally, why do you wish to go to the sacrament together? 
that I may learn to believe that Christ, out of great love, died for my sins, and also learn from him to love God and my neighbor. My neighbor. The body and blood of Jesus suffered all the injustice. Did you get from your spouse? That's delivered from your children? Did you get from your parents and those that don't want to go to an assisted living? From your ex? From your employers? Your enemies at school? Whatever. Our neighbor who sits next to us, who communes with us at this table, for we live not out of revenge. We live from Jesus, from who he is, for he is with us. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.